Season 2 of Pasco Podcast, a series where we discuss leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the 550,000 plus residents of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. We created this podcast to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Dan Biles, and welcome to our 20th episode of Pasco Podcast. Join us today from our emergency management team, our director, Andy Fossa, and operations manager, Monica Santiago. Welcome. Enjoy, glad you could join us today. Yes, sir. And uh, appreciate you being here. Just want to kind of have a conversation about leadership and and kind of you know what you've seen and what you've done over your career about that. And so but quickly, let's tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to Pasco County. Yeah, my first. Okay, so um, I started here in 2016, August 15, August 16, 2016. And the way that I got here was that I previously worked in Jacksonville, and mm-hmm. I got a call saying, hey, there's a training and exercise opportunity open in emergency management. I think it'd be a good fit. I came over, did an interview, and here I am, a couple of years <laughs> later. <laughs> it's pretty much, right. that's as simple as it gets. In 2019, I got promoted to the operations manager when um, James Johnson was able to retire. Right. And since then, I've been trying to live up to the expectation of James Johnson. Somebody that was here a long time, right? Exactly. Many um, years. But also a uh, reservist? I am. Um, I started out with the Navy okay. in 2006, and then I transitioned into the Air Force as a reservist. So... I do pharmacy in the Air Force and okay. combat medic. Okay. So I use right. those skills and I apply them to my emergency management right. job. Right. Okay, cool. Thank you. Myself? Yeah, Andy. <clears throat> so I started in the county in 1990. Wow. Yes, I, <laughs> back in the day, yes. They, um, started out as a firefighter EMT, okay. did 28 and a half years with Pasco County Fire Rescue, and then was afforded the opportunity to transition into the EM director, and I've been there ever since. So that was... Early years of Pasco Fire Rescue, right? Yes, sir. Very early. Okay. So they used to have fire trucks, so no horse and buggies. Yeah. But okay. I mean, that's a lot of change. A lot has changed in Pasco since 1990. Tremendous change from back in the day. Yes, sir. It's it, The growth, number one, of the county has been exponential. Um, and the the theory and, and, and content of fire rescue, um, the thought mentality has changed drastically also. Back then, it pretty much was, you know, you had your apparatus, you had your trucks, and they were there for years. And now we're to the point that technology has taken over so much that basically a paramedic's job, even though they still have hands-on skills, everything has been made from lifting a 300-pound patient off the ground to now everything is automatically done by pneumatics. So it was a big change and it took a lot of adapting also through the, while all the personnel. So as we get into this, just question, why emergency management? Uh, For me, it was an opportunity to be a part of something bigger than myself. Okay. That's, that's kind of the philosophy I I gear towards. That's the same philosophy I apply for um, military, why I joined Mm -hmm. the military, do something, be a part of something that's just bigger than me, being able to help my community in a aspect that's not just a quick fix or a quick gain or feel good. It takes a little bit of time, but the long-term approach and results of that are long-lasting. So Right, right, right. Okay. Myself, it was from, you know, in fire rescue, you'd go on a call, take the patient at the hospital, and you would never see an unresolved, 
maybe once in a while you'd get a visitor back in the station. Transitioning in the emergency management, now it's the big picture. It's not only that one person, it's the citizens of Pasco County, it's our stakeholders. And we see the disaster through from the beginning of it all the way through to the recovery. So that's a big difference and it gives um, most of the time a lot of joy out of it just to see that you actually helped and made something right for right, us. Right, right. And, and I know we're not getting to the questions yet, but you know, in Florida, you know, everybody, when they think emergency management, really think they focus on hurricane, the hurricane risk, right? But there's a lot of other stuff that y'all deal with. Yes, That sir. we deal with from an emergency management perspective, right? Yes, sir. I mean, not even talking about the pandemic, but a lot of other stuff, right? From yeah. So from sinkholes, we're proponents to sinkholes in this county. So sinkholes, flooding is a, is an issue that we deal with on a constant basis, and that trickles into uh, wildfires. We're currently in wildfire season, so keeping our fingers crossed that we don't right. have any um, incidents within our county. But there's a laundry list of actions that um, we need to prepare for, and we we do so on a regular basis in emergency management. So. Okay. Well, I appreciate the kind of the background and the why that I think that really helps set the context, um, you know, for what, what we do here and, and why we do what we do. Right. Um, yes. Sir. So as you, uh, as you kind of think through that, um, tell us a little bit about your leadership philosophy, because sometimes you're leading your, your group, right. And then sometimes you're leading the County. Yes. Sir. Right. And sometimes you're leading a region because we run region ops out of here from yes, time sir. to time. So tell us a little bit about your leadership philosophy. So for me, it's uh, lead by example. Mm -hmm. So um, I like to be able to embrace something and then be able to share that with my team or with the community and be able to get down in the dirty with them and mm -hmm. show them, hey, you know what, if you could do, if I could do it, you can do it and give them that sense of comfort. So for a lot of uh, people, they desire that sense of, can I really do that? okay, let me show you that you can do it. Let, let's figure this one out together. And that's the approach that I like to use. Okay. Basically, I'm the same way. I'm more like a democratic leader. I like to embrace the people and have them in the joint decision. Um, I'm very much in empowering my supervisors. Um, I'm, I don't like micromanaging. I live that in the fire service at times, and that's a very hard – it's a very difficult work atmosphere. Yeah, so, different, different mission – Yes, sir. Atmosphere. Yes, yeah. sir. By but by being here and empowering them to run their shop, their teams, um, it gives them a chance. Number one, to learn. Gives them number two, like she said, get down in the weeds with them, because um, I'm a firm believer that nobody should know one job. And Monica did this while I was on my little my little vacation. We just started doing the cross training, so everybody in my shop knows another person's job. So that way they can be challenged, they, can, they, they have the ability to think outside the box. And that's one of the biggest things in emergency management because you're not in a box. Mm -hmm. You got to think outside the box a lot of times. Yeah, and you've had a, there's been a decent number of people promoted out of here into other organizations and over the last few years too. Yes, sir. You know, probably as a result of some of the work y'all have done. Yes, sir. We're very recognized by the state. In fact, um, I, I'm not trying to brag on, on Pasco County, but I am in the same voice. Um, we're the go-to for the state. Right. Uh, with our grants, uh, we've been asked to go up there and assist them. My grants person, um, our Region 4 IMT team, uh, we're always the first to get, hey, you guys need to go take care of this. So it's good. It gives a very positive reflection on Pasco County plus Pasco County Emergency Management. Right, 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 right. So um, kind of looking back on your career, when um, when did you kind of think, hey, you know, I – 
I, I want to lead people. I want to be a leader in an organization, lead teams. When, when did that happen and how did that happen? So for me, it happened while I was in the Navy. So mm -hmm. I was in E4. Okay. And I had just gone to the ship, brand new ship. And I had a supervisor that it was all about him. Like he knew everything and he had a group of us that worked with him, but it was more like we worked for him, not with him. So if we needed to be able to accomplish a mission or an objective, we always had to go to him and he wouldn't share with, it, with us his knowledge. He would just do it himself. And that was the moment where I said, this is exactly who I don't want to be right. as a leader. So uh, I challenged my chain of command. I said, hey, this is the situation that we have. I think that we could do a little bit better and we could shine a little bit brighter if we try this approach. And they said, okay, if you think you could do it, go ahead. And so they gave me the opportunity and I just kept running with it and I liked it. It was something that was fulfilling. It was something that... Years down the road, we had a couple of um, officers come in to do a reactor inspector inspection for our ship. And I said, they said, do you find any, if I find any issue, will I find any issues with your, with your team? And I said, you won't find any issues with my team, with my space or their knowledge. And if you do, you could have my rank. And he just looked at me like, that's very confident of you. And I'm like, I I'm sure of what they're capable of. And he walked out of that space, went up to the captain and said, she's good, not one issue. And it was the first time a carrier was able to get an excellence on the first inspection for okay. their sea trial. So cool. that was my moment. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> I wish I had a story like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> Try to follow up, come on. No, my, mine was in the fire service. Um, when you get hired, you're a firefighter EMT, and you're basically at the bottom of the chain. And you can do that for so long. Some people want to do it as a career. I know people that have been a firefighter for 30-plus years and never got took a promotion. But you, you start getting to a point where you start getting hungry. Mm -hmm. And you, you want to promote yourself. You want to do better. And then, like Monica was talking, there was that – back then it was a lieutenant that – was almost an autocratic. You couldn't do anything. He It was his way or no way or the highway. And that's what I said. It's not going to be me. Um, and I started promoting myself through the chain, the driver, the captain. And then I did a um, state captain for a few years. And then I got that hunger again. And I finished my college degree and I got promoted to training chief, then personnel chief, and then the deputy chief of the fire department. So it was a long road, but I learned a lot from a lot of different people and a lot of different management styles. Mm -hmm. And I, you take two or three of those and you kind of put them in together and this is what you got with me. I mean, right, right. I'm a very firm believer of that. Yeah. And, and, you know, up through captain, you're kind of in the firehouse. Yes. Sir. Right. You know, you're, you have your firefighters, you know, your drivers, engineers in, in the captain. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's y'all, yep. you know, 24 hours a day, every shift. So yes, it's sir. kind of a, almost a family type, it is. It is. So, and I've been in houses that uh, stations that we were families. I mean, we go through things on our days off as a as a team and whatnot. And then I've been in firehouses where nobody even sat at the at the dining room table together. Everybody did their own thing, and that's one of the worst work atmospheres I think you could put yourself into. Right. Yeah. Because you're together 24 hours a day, mm -hmm. and then you kind of rely on each other in a response. Yes, sir. Right. I mean, absolutely. So. 
So as you, in terms of leadership, who's been the biggest influence on your life uh, and how have they, how have they influenced your style, your leadership philosophy? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's, I go first. Um, so for me, I would say it was that gentleman, that first class that okay. was very stuck in his own way that um, paved the way for me to, to want to lead others. It was that moment, and, and more importantly, along with that, it was that officer that was in charge of us that said, hey, you know what, I'll g- let's, let's give you an opportunity to see what you're, what you're capable of bringing to the table. That, in turn, helped me become and formalize who I am today, mm-hmm. that person that wants to give everybody an opportunity that sees the potential in others and is able to help them find their own way and lead on their own path. Right, all right. Mine were for the fire service, not from Pasco County, but the fire industry in, in general. <clears throat> Back in the day, I used to be a very big book reader. Okay. And there was a, a book, an author by the name of Dennis Smith. He wrote probably five or six books. But every one of his books was always um, projected in the firehouse setting um, about calls, about whatnot. But everyone talked about being that person, being that leader. And another gentleman was Alan Brunacini, um, that was a very famous uh, leadership style person, very big in the fire service, came from the California side of the, uh, of the United States, but he always pushed leadership and the mentoring of your subordinates. Mm-hmm. And that was a very big influence on me. Okay. Yeah. So mentoring subordinates and, and you know, I think from a leadership perspective, you can learn as much from those that you see that do it wrong than you can from those that do it right. Yes. Right. Um, you know, and I guess growing up in the fire service is a little different, you know, as you move through in the, in the crews and and stuff, you know, through, through the career. Right. So, um, so how, how would, how does that transition between in the firehouse to now you're at headquarters? So the trans, it's really not much of a transition. And the reason I say that is because the same leadership style that you have within the firehouse, and when you climb those ranks and you transition from 24, 48 to a five-day work week, your leadership and management style should not change. You should be that same person the day you walk into that office and set up. Um, the responsibilities do change. Um, and yes, I can say that your decision-making process changes because when you're on the street, you're on the fly, make a decision now. In the office, you have that ability to say, no, let me think about it for a little bit and I'll get back with you on it. So you're not given that rush answer and make an, a, a wrong decision, a crucial decision that's not informed correctly. Right, right, right. So in, you know, in emergency, you know, we have over the last few years of emergency management, y'all have led task force you know, with, you know, with other organizations, with people coming in from other regions, or we've gone to lead, you know, task force in other regions where we were the leader. So how do you manage that from a leadership perspective? You know, it's one thing to lead a team, you know, right, that you work with day to day, but when you are having to lead a region, people you don't know, or you're put mm-hmm. in to lead a team and everybody came from throughout, you know, throughout the state, to do it, how do you, how do you build that team? You listen um, and you play to the strengths of, of what the team is willing and able to bring to the table. 
when you close yourself off, you limit yourself and your abilities to lead effectively a team. And so when we go out, it's our core mission to first listen to what's taking place and to the people that are sharing the information, and then in turn ask for, hey, what is the best approach for this? And being able to be open to receive that information and use that information. I think for leaders, when they close themselves off and it's their way or no way, that's when they run into roadblocks as leadership. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with that. Um, I think when we go out, you know, our goal and mentality is we are there to assist the, t the, re the whatever is the problem is we're there to assist. Um, we li like Monica says, we listen to what going on, what's happening. A prime example was Piney Point. What was going on? What was happening? And we were sent there as a liaison between the state, the county, and DEP. So we would just listen. They would make their decisions and we would say, okay, you guys made your decisions. How do you want to act upon this? And they would give ideas back and forth. And then we would turn around and say, hey, I like the conception. Did you ever think about X, Y, and Z? And let them make that informed decision. And, and that works the best. Like she said, you can't go in there closed-minded. It's my show. No, you can't do that because they will bounce you out of there really quickly. Right, 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 right. Okay. So is um, you think through... You know, Leadership, um, what are some successes and or challenges that you've seen along the way that you've learned from, um, you know, over your course of your career? So I think uh, challenges would be personalities and characters. Okay. Um, that's always a challenge to mm -hmm. be able to bring all those cultures together, all those backgrounds together and find that middle ground and help them all grow and share and build upon those differences that they, they each have, understanding that they're all different, but they're all strong, and they all bring something to the table. Um, and, and success is just the outcome of that, right? Being able to, in turn, be sit back and see how the team is able to pick up and go, and you're just there. You're just the soundboard of what needs, when they run into a couple of hiccups here and there, because they will, but just watch them be able to manage that situation together as a core team and see them come out successful and see how proud they are of what they've done and how they've done it and the impact to the community or right. or any other individual even at home right. see that because what we do our leadership it, it not only impacts us as as a county as a department it impacts us on a personal level as well, because what we learn and what we develop here, we take home. So this is a, an extension to our home family and being able to show those skills and those values and take them back home is a success right. as well. Okay. Mine was from the firehouse when I was a captain. Uh, well, I went here also, but mine was in the firehouse when I was a captain. I used to challenge my firefighters and my driver to promote themselves education and promotion gets you to higher places. Right. So I would make those challenges with them and we would sit down and we would do study sessions. If a driver wanted to get promoted to a captain, my firefighters would sit down with him and me and we would just do round robins of questions and testing. 
promotion is one of the biggest things for me. I, I love to see somebody get promoted. It makes me extremely proud that it happens. Here it was the same thing. It was with Monica and it was with Nolan. They both got promoted up to supervisors. And it, to me, that's a big step for them. And it makes me proud that they actually said, hey, you know what? I'll take this challenge on and do it. Now, challenges on the other side is working with closed-minded people. That was the biggest thing. Um, I, I, the attitude and demeanor of people these days is not the way it was back years ago. I feel now that people are coming in and they feel I'm entitled to it. I want it. I need it. And they're not open to suggestion or idea. So that's one of the biggest challenges that I have is trying to get somebody to say, hey, you know what? You're right. Maybe I need to start looking at it this way. All right. So, okay. So, so as, as you go through it, how do you continue to build your leadership skills in both your, you know, you mentioned personal and professional life, but how do you continue to build those skills? What are, what are you working on? How are you doing that today? So for me, it's, um, I look for peers within my own uh, profession and even outside, right? Because sometimes we could get tunnel vision right. and, and seeing, having somebody else come in and, and shed some light on something that we might be stuck in is, is beneficial and healthy. Mm -hmm. And I do it as well on my personal life. Like when you go home and you share that information with your loved ones and, hey, do you think I did this the right way? Should I have approached this? That's one way. And then also reading. There's a lot of good leadership books. There's a lot of good podcasts out there, such as this one, where you could <laughs> just use this the one specifically. This yes. one yes. specifically. This you could use one. the information and, right. and you probably don't think big picture, but something sticks. And right. that thing that sticks is what helps you get through um, the hard times. All right. All right. Okay. So for me, it's when we go on deployments and we get to watch other management styles in play and uh, watching them and seeing, because there are some emergency managers out there that are phenomenal. And uh, I speak to them, not frequently, but at times that they ask questions and whatnot. But watch their approach when we're at conferences, when we're on deployments and things like that. So it gives me a little bit, well, you know, I, I like that approach. Maybe I should start using that approach. And the other one are the, and I'm going to say this too out loud, TED Talks. I, <laughs> I have found myself, I, you can ask my wife, I have found myself in the house while they're doing their thing and I'll get on my tablet and I start just scrolling through the TED Talks mm -hmm. to listen to them. I, one that really stuck on my mind was the Navy SEALs and he did a diagram on a board and it had, uh, was divided into four quadrants and, you know, uh, trusted, hard worker, trusted, not a hard worker. And the way he broke that down to say, you know, this guy right here that is trusted and doesn't work as hard as this guy. These guys over here, they're not going to want to work with because this guy's trusted. They're not. And it was a very, and I got into it and I find myself actually doing it. And then your book of the month club too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we have those two and you know, we, 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 we started the tech talks just because it was an easy way to bring an expert into the room, right? Yes, sir. Just a 15, 20 minute Ted talk and I don't have to pay for we don't have to pay for Simon Sinek to come down here or Adam Grant or right. any of those other professionals because they got a public TED Talk. Yep. So, and 15 minutes is about a good time for those things yes. anyway, so they can get through it. So, so how do you, um, as you work with your team, how do you identify and raise up new leaders? 
uh, in the organization? How are you? How are you working on that? How do you identify them? How do you build them? How do we? You know, so how we generate our, our succession over time? So for me, it, it's sitting back and watching. So I'm looking for the mid-level supervisors, mm-hmm. and I watch them how they present themselves. I watch them how their their skill set is. And when you go down beneath the supervisor to the subordinate level, I look at um, energy. I look at dedication. I look at their skill set. And then I might say, and I, I think I've mentioned it to you before about people in the office that, hey, maybe you need, like, when you're gone and I'm gone, let put throw them in the driver's seat. Let's see how they do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you play to their strengths. Mm-hmm. You sit back and you you observe what are the strengths, what are their weaknesses, and then those things that are strengths, you applaud them and you hope them build further upon them. And those that are can perceive as weakness, you find the way to help them get out of it, help them build out of that, and and you empower them. I, I think that at the end of the day is what really helps me build my team further is giving them the opportunity to be able to execute without having somebody over their shoulder or breathing down their throat or anything anything that's negative have giving them an opportunity to do for themselves and then watching them feel fulfilled with that yep. that sense of trust i think is what drives every individual, right? If you don't have trust, essentially you have nothing. And if they don't know their why they're doing things, then they're not gonna they're not gonna be successful. So for me it's about um really finding what their character is about, what their strengths, what their weaknesses, and then helping them identify their why. Why are they here? Why are they doing what they're doing? Because in turn they will flourish and every other aspect right, yeah. seamlessly connect, connect them to that purpose exactly what, what, you know what drives them you know because you know really you know our, our career should be about what drives us not necessarily about what pays us right yes, absolutely if, if we do that then it doesn't really matter what we get paid we will right. be rewarded for you what we do, do. so yep. yes, go sir. over the cliff like my team says they're like boss i'm willing to go over the cliff i'm like i want you to stay on the cliff we need somebody to to be able to keep going but right. When your team is willing to say, I'm willing to go over the cliff, that means that right. they're willing to do whatever you're asking them and then what you're not asking them to do. And that is success. Right. That is teamwork. So, so you know, y'all as a group respond to incidents, you know, as emergency managers, kind of as, you know, in the firehouse, you know, when you were on scene, you were on scene commander, right? And yes, sir. Ultimately, <clears throat> the incident commander is a decision and it goes well or Bad Not based so on well. the decisions they made, right? Yes, sir. So how do you train that? Because that's a you don't really understand that until you're in it, right? You don't understand what that pressure is until you have to make that that decision. How do you train that? Um, I think it's giving them all the tools ahead of time, okay. right, and then making them feel comfortable with their instincts, right, right. Because when we're in those decisions, it's half instinct and half knowledge. And being able to trust yourself and the decision and the knowledge that you have and the team that you're with, because the decisions that we make, whether it's in the field as a as a fire captain or when we're in the EOC and we're activated, it's not just the incident commander making the decision, it's 
the behind the scenes, that entire team of 62 people that are sitting in that EOC that are making those decisions and working together collaboratively to in turn give you the information that you need. Then you make the decision because ultimately it's up to you. Right. But being able to train them ahead of time and give them the knowledge that they need to be able to give you the information in turn for you to make the decision I feel comfortable making the decision at that point because I know that they've done everything that they need to do in order to be able to give me the best answer possible. Okay. Uh, so uh, that being in the EM setting, um, when I came up, when I was first captain and my very first day as a captain, I had a house fire. And you can read all the books, you can watch all the videos, you can do all the training sessions you want. When it comes down to, like I, like she said, it's your knowledge and, and what you have learned and to read, I, I call it reading the scene. Mm -hmm. You give your size up, you read the scene, you say, this is what I got, this is what we got, we, we're gonna do. As we see in the fire service, not all decisions are right, but you, First thing you keep in mind is safety. Second thing you keep in mind is the structure, whatever it may be. And then you go by instinct. You, you, read, you read it, go by instinct, and you make your decisions off of that. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, one of the things in the military we used to do is in an exercise, well, the easy way to test that is you just took out the command post. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You just took okay. out the leadership, yep. right? Yeah, exactly. And then say, okay, now what happens, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we built that. That was a the easy first part of every exercise you were going to lose at. And so you just had to build that depth in it. So Exactly. Because in turn, you'll know what your team is capable right. of, right? And the decisions exactly. that they'll make. And that's what you want them to mm -hmm. do, right? That you want them to effectively be able to work without you being present, without right. you telling them what they need to do. That's right. what we strive for as leaders, them to be able to stand on their own feet. Right, right, right. Right. So, so as we, um, you know, we, we build leaders, we build our team and as people are listening to this, what, what are some tools or wisdom you want to share that we kind of haven't hit on yet, uh, that for, the, for those that will be watching or listening? So I think one of the biggest things, um, as a leader, um, is, uh, trusting your people, uh, build them, educate them, uh, strive for them for promotion or whatever they may be doing. Uh, and don't be a negative Nancy towards somebody that makes a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. Embrace it, talk about it, rectify it, and then just move on. Right. So. All right. Uh, good, good, good stuff. For me, communication. Okay. And communication coming inward towards me as a leader, right? It's easy for us to give that, that feedback to our personnel, but be willing and able and receptive to sit with your team, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or whether it's collectively and say, how am I doing? What do I need to do? What do I need to give you in order for you to be more successful? What do I need to do in order for me to be more successful for you? That open and candidness with yourself is, um, I believe, key for a good a good leader. Right, right, right. No, no, great stuff, great stuff. So I appreciate y'all being here today. Not no, a problem, sir. No, we're not done, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, now, now I have the speed round. Okay. Well, we want to do this because give a little everybody that's watching or listening a chance to learn a little bit more about you, other than kind of some of the discussion we had. So, easy questions. Don't have to think about them, uh, but quick. 
so first question, uh, dawn or dusk? Which do you, morning, evening person? Uh, more of an afternoon to okay. evening. So dawn or dusk? <laughs> yeah, dusk. 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 Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Um, of course, we live in Florida, so we get like two seasons, right? Um, summer and summer. Yeah, summer, <laughs> summer. And, and the rest of the year, right? Uh, but do you have a favorite season? Winter. Winter? Yes. Which yes. we don't get much here. Exactly. Winter. Yeah, winter? <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just saying from an emergency management perspective, what's the winter issue? So, you know, flooding. Well, actually, in the fall. Actually, yeah. cold. 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 Yeah, because we Depressions. Have in depressions. Yep. Anomalies. The, the anomalies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're, yeah, we're in spring, so it's fire season. Yes. You know, then summer rolls around and we get in hurricane season. Exactly. Yes. Sir. And then flooding season after that. So it's, yeah, I got my seasons down from an emergency <laughs> management perspective. <laughs> there you go. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. First two weeks here, we were wildfires. Yep. Starkey you know, Park. Starkey Park. Yep. So um, if you could travel anywhere, what's the place you'd most want to travel? Paris. Paris? Germany. Germany? Yes, sir. So, so European continent. So, okay. All right. Um, office, Parks and Rec? Do you have a preference? Office. Office? Hmm. Office. Office. Okay. Good. I mean, it's better than I got last time. Last time, it was I've never seen either one of those. I'm like, really? <laughs> office. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it correlates with our current office. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I'm like. Definitely. On the good side, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah on, on the good side. Yeah. No, it's uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of humor in those two that we see day to day, right? Uh, that we're like, I can relate to that. Yeah. So, uh, which is part of that. Well, hey, thanks for being here uh, today. I've really appreciated that. Appreciate you get a chance to kind of share your perspective on leadership and, and what's going on. Uh, so really appreciate both uh, Monica and Andy, you being here with us today. Uh, it's great to have you and special thanks to our media relations team who makes this effort possible. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Pasco podcast. I'm Dan Biles and until the next one. For more information on Pasco County government, please visit mypasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.